Hello, hello, and welcome back to 41,000 Feet and Thriving. I'm Virginia, and I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Karin. You might know her as Flight Tastings on Instagram. She has over 25 years of experience in private aviation. She is a dear friend of mine, and she's an absolutely exquisite mentor. I am so happy to have her on to talk about all things private aviation catering and safety and old norms and Pan Am and all these wonderful topics. And she has such a fun perspective, guys. I really hope you enjoy listening to her and I just kind of dive in and see what this whole private aviation thing is about and how we got started. So without further ado, Miss Karin. You might know her as Flight Tastings on Instagram. She does favorite thing Fridays. She's done that in the past. She does these incredible recipes and experimentations with food that she posts. She does how to's. She shows like fun sides of playing with your food in flight and at her home. She has a great personality if you don't know, but welcome Karin. Thank you, Virginia. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. Happy you could make it. I know it's, it's a little bit later on the East coast for you. It's very early here. Thanks for getting up for me. (laughs) Anytime for you, Karen. Anytime. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to talk with you and hear about where you've come from as like a flight attendant because I don't even know if I fully know that story. And so I'm excited to dive into that. Um, And so therefore, I think we should just go. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So you want to hear how I ended up here in this business? Yeah. How did you, how did you first start like getting drawn into aviation and at like what age? So my dad was a private pilot. So on the weekends we used to go flying with him. And, um, so I loved, you know, it was in, in the blood early just for fun, not as a profession for him or, uh, anyone else in my family. And, um, so that was like number one, number two, uh, every summer I traveled cause my family lives in Norway, all my relatives, so we'd always, you know, fly. And that's when, like, I was back in the day where everyone dressed up to fly commercially. And the flight attendants had, like, perfect everything. I'm like, oh I God, want to meet today. And, um, you know, the smell of jet fuel. I still remember it. Getting off the plane in JFK, mm. coming back. And I don't know. And you were, like, one of those that like it? <laughs> yeah. Weirdly, yes. Because I think I had such a positive association coming home. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I did like it. Or I still kind of do. I think it's like a flight attendant joke that we want like a jet fuel candle for our house. Have you seen that joke go around? I have not, but I get it. (laughs) Someone posted it around Christmas and I was like, honestly, I'm not against it. (laughs) I'm not against it either. If we ever go to that candle place. Yes. Honestly, you probably could. Yeah. Yeah. The the make your own candle in Hudson Valley. It's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait. Amazing. But I, I okay, was so not dad. about aviation, though, like for a career. I never considered it, ever. You're like, I would rather be a passenger. Yes, 100%. <laughs> okay, so, and was your dad the only one in aviation? Yep, yep. Okay, uh, so then what age would you say your your mind started to tweak towards, hmm, this is interesting? It didn't tweak towards it. Uh, you know, some people say they either, they always knew they wanted to do it or... Uh, they fell into it. Well, I was pushed into it. <laughs> pushed. I love that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, I don't know if I love it, but. <laughs> it was a violent push. Maybe a nudge. But, a nudge. Um, I had just um, got my pilot's license, which I did, which, again, I hadn't considered it till um, I was working in uh, sports medicine. And one of my patients she um, had just gotten her pilot's license. And I was like, wait, what? That's right. It never occurred to me, which is crazy. It never occurred to me that was something I could do. And I went down to the airport that day after work, signed up and started flying. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, you're not the first flight attendant that has done that. Like where, I mean, I would never do it. It's not my thing. (laughs) I would maybe do one lesson just to like, maybe know somewhat what to do in an emergency. Like, Oh yeah, if I do one lesson, I can totally do this in emergency. But I don't think that I would ever be like, yes, I'm going to devote so much time because there's so much math, there's so much like logistics involved. You don't think so? I, mean, I math, I, I mean, my son was quizzing me yesterday. He's like, "What's the square root of you know?" And I'm like, "Please stop," because I can't do math. 
it's a kind of it's 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 not as hard as they make it out to be. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. I mean, okay. I think it's a lot of work, and to get to the level of you know flying golf streams or flying you know seven four seven, yeah, it's a huge commitment. It's a ton of work. Um, but you know, just getting your pilot's license is just uh, some time and effort. And um, I always thought I wasn't smart enough or I couldn't do it. But it wasn't until another woman was like, I just did it. And I thought, hey, I could do that too. You know? So anyone who About- thinks that they can't do it and maybe have a little interest, go do it. Yeah. Uh, see, there's Karen always motivating us to do better. Sometimes I love it. Most of the times I, I do. But then there's parts of me that don't. Oh, no. <laughs> like, gosh dang it. Yeah. <laughs> gosh darn it. I have to challenge myself. Ugh, what a pain. <laughs> And that's why you're here today. You're challenging yourself oh, to do something absolutely. new. <laughs> absolutely. It's, you know, I said to you, uh, prior, you know, before we did this, that it was a perfect time for me uh, when she asked me to do it because I needed something. I was kind of flatlining. I needed something that makes me a little nervous, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. makes me a little uncomfortable. Flatline. Because that's, how, that's well, how we kind of like get the juice back, you know? So thank you, Virginia, I, for, for giving me your <laughs> You're so welcome. I I think that that's so funny because if you do follow Karin Flight Tastings on Instagram, you are constant. I, I would just never think of you as someone that was flatlining because you. I feel like every day you're coming up with multiple like videos of like new recipes. Every time we FaceTime, you're like, oh yeah, just come along with me in the kitchen. I'm just messing with something. Look how cool this is. Like I just never ever would see you as someone that's flatlining and I don't see it, but I understand if you're feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, which I think is maybe why I kind of like this job, you know, like this makes me a little nervous. And when you go on, (laughs) especially if you don't know, you know, you have that little like jitter, like, Oh, how's this going to go? You don't know. Oh yeah. I can't, I can't remember who I was talking to about that. Yeah the other day but I was like I think all flight attendants in a way especially private I will say and I don't mean to exclude commercial but I think private because there's just a lot different pressures I'll say um and you and you don't have anyone else to fall back on in in commercial you have a whole team of people to work together you have your off days they're there lifting you up in private you like to use your word you're pushed into this flight and it's just you going, <laughs> like, it's just you. And so I was talking with this flight attendant and we were like, I think all flight attendants and especially in private are a little bit of adrenaline junkies. Like we like the rush of being busy. We like the rush of kind of not knowing if we're going to pull it off every time. <laughs> like yeah, it, it's a little love hate for me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is for a lot of people. Yeah. Like you've been doing it for how many years now, Karin? Sorry, I'm almost about to say, but many over over twenty eight. I don't want to say thirty, but it could be. Yeah, I know. I knew you were gonna hate it when I asked it, but it had to be done. I, I had I to get a set. ballpark. I, I it had to be set. It. Be proud of that. Be proud I mean, of that. Can I just? Not say many people you? make it to that. No, I know. I'm like a. I'm a superhero. Um, you are. But listen, think about this. When I started, this is how long ago it was. If you're ever having a bad day and thinking, oh my gosh, how long am I going to? Imagine way back in the dark ages when there was no cell phone. Oh my God. There yeah. was no Googling the hotel, the restaurant, the caterer. No cell phone. Oh my God. No computer. What did no you do? You um, prayed. You There was a fax machine and you hoped the fax went through. And I mean, it Oh was, my gosh. Yeah. Or if there was a, cha- I remember being in Paris, there was a change of like four more people coming. You couldn't just call the caterer or you couldn't just, you, they had these phones. You guys don't even know. You don't know. I had to Did you have the phones where you had to like, you know, the dial up phones where it was, what are those called? The the ones where they ring around, rotary. you know, and then it has to, you have to wait. Yeah. The rotary phone. Is that what yeah. you were? But in Europe, I don't know if they still have, you'd have to go to the special place where they had a bunch of phones. And then, yeah, kind of like a pay phone, them. like, yeah, <laughs> Did you have to have change to put into these know, metal things remember. called coins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, you might not know what those are at home, but these, these monetary values <laughs> that, <laughs> that you would slide. Into. I was just 
just somewhere and you need, they needed co- you needed a coin to put in the um like a laundry machine meter. maybe oh like, really co- I, I don't have coins <laughs> most of them now have the credit card yeah thing. there was no credit and card if, slot I wonder where that and was. if they don't i assume that they are not going to give me a ticket because who can possibly I know. imagine that i would have quarters on me exactly oh it was in it was in uh it was in new york actually not new york city but I'm not going to ticket you in New York. Oh, maybe in White Plains. Maybe in White Plains, yeah. Um, Anywho. Well, that – okay, so I'm just so fascinated by – okay, so you were in sports medicine, and then you were like, okay, we're going to get my pilot's license because I learned that I can do this. I'm woman. I am strong. Cool. I love that. And then how – did that just naturally progress into – you happen to get offered a flight because of a pilot you met or it's kind of what I imagine. Sort of. I had a patient who I, I, I still remember his name. I won't say it, but I'm um, going to pull hamstring and he was reading like a civil aviation magazine. And of course I just got my license. So I'm completely geeking out like, Hey, are you a pilot too? And wanting to, you know, talk about it. And it turned out he was like at the time running like jet professionals and who, if anyone doesn't know, they um, place people in private aviation. And he said, Wow, you know, would you consider being a pilot for a living? And I said, I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Just, uh, I don't, I, I don't think it's for me. And he said, Well, what about being a flight attendant? Because I told him some of my background was in hospitality, and um, I used to have a, like a side catering oh. hustle. And I, whoa. And he said, uh, You know, flight attendant. I was like, No, thank you. Not interested. He's like, No, really. You, you might want. You might. It's not what you think. And I said, No, thank you. Like, definitely no. Like hard no. Yeah. And um, he kept bugging me about it. And I was like, I just, it's not for me. And then he said, we will pay. There's this new, this is how long ago. There's this new, uh, there's a company who's just starting a flight attendant training program uh, in Miami called, I think it was Flight Safety. And um, (laughs) yeah. Just a small little company. Yeah. And we will pay for your training will pay for you to go. We'll pay for your hotel and your meals, every all expense. If you go down there and just vet the program, revolutionary, nothing, and then um, come back and tell us about it. I mean, wow. universe was speaking. I, I, I had to listen. You know what I mean? Like I, I was such a hard no, but when someone gives you kind of an opportunity and it's like right in your face, you have to explore it. You know? Yeah. I'm. Yeah. So, I'm. I. <clears throat> I just took my first note because I'm just fascinated that I've known Karin for quite a while now. I did not know you came from, I assumed you had some kind of hospitality background, but I did not know you had like a hardcore background in hospitality or catering side hustle. And it now makes so much sense. And I just need a little bit more information on that (laughs) (laughs) because my mind is blown a little bit. Um, Well, when I say catering business, like, you know, don't think too grand, you know, it wasn't huge, but it was just a little business because I really was, I was that, you know, young, I say kid who was into reading cookbooks. I mean, I would, I don't do that so much now because we have quick other ways, but yeah, I mean, I would sit home on Friday night while everyone else is like partying like rock stars, reading my civil palate cookbook, you know? I love that. I was very similar actually that, or I would like make cookies or some kind of new recipe to like bring into class and like be a dork to my teachers and stuff. Yeah. Same. So except for me, it was a little later when I was, um, when I was working in the sports medicine clinic, I would bring in these cookies like all the time and they're like, you should sell these. They're amazing. Um, but yeah. And so hospitality, I went to school actually originally for hotel restaurant management. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And went to a Swiss catering school um, for a what? semester. And that's how I kind of like understood a few things. Um, but I realized like I didn't want to work in a restaurant and I didn't want to work in a hotel. I wanted to eat in a restaurant and I wanted to sleep in the hotel. <laughs> and that's what I do now. Wow, you really like manifested your job. You're like, I'm gonna know how to do all of this, but I don't wanna. I just wanna sit and enjoy it instead. Yeah, yeah. Although so, you still do do it on the plane, you do a large portion of all of that. Well, I do want to say for anyone who does follow me um, or starts to follow me, I I, I want to be really clear. Like all this, a lot of the stuff that I make 
Um, I'm trying it at home first because I want to see if it's good. It's not that, mm -hmm. uh, because I can't do all that. I'm not going to do all that work because the job in itself is exhausting and hard. And I'm not going to spend my whole morning before a flight or that whole, I'm not going to do it and make all that food. It's just, I would burn out and I want that. I think that's one of the reasons I've had this long career. Burnout? No. I know. I know. We know nothing about that. Taboo. No, yeah. we don't get that. Yeah. We're immune. Um, but so I do it to like figure out the flavors and figure out if it's pretty, does it work? Is it simple enough? And then most of the mm -hmm. time I'll get it through a caterer. I'll kind of request specific things and components and then I'll just build it and plate it on board. I'm not making all those things. It's a lot of work. Well, and I think there's something really great to that. Like you, you and I have had in depth conversations about that and I love it so much because I did not do that for a long time and I still don't on some flights. I get requested to not do that on yeah. some flights, but if I have the luxury, this is what I do now. Like, and I don't even think it's a luxury. Our job is not to, to be chefs unless you are hired to be a chef, which sometimes right. I am, um, much like Wonderless flight. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, if you're not though, why make your job harder? Why not set yourself up for success? Which I think is your point, which is like, we don't have to constantly be challenging ourselves to the point of exhaustion and like stressed out to the max. Like I know some days I was so stressed out. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I was so stressed out that I was like <laughs> not eating. I mean, yeah. like there are some things that just like, they don't, it's not healthy. Right. And I think that that's something that we were going to dive into is what is your take on kind of how the, the climate has changed for flight attendants? I think from what we've talked about and from what I've seen, even in my like five years, six years as a flight attendant is I think I've seen a huge shift to more and more people want onboard chefs. And there's been a huge shift that I've seen with, I think just maybe social media is bringing me more aware that people are experimenting a lot more on board with what they can do on their own kind of thing instead of utilizing a catering company. Mm. Have you seen that shift as well? Or are you kind of like, well, I think it's always been like that, but now social media has just made us more aware. Uh, I think it's a combination of things. I think one on social media, if you're someone who's making amazing things, you're pushing it out there. And I don't know how many flight attendants are on Instagram, but I think for every one that there is, there's probably three that aren't posting anything. Um, Accurate, right yeah. So totally. there's that. And then I do think, especially over the past couple of years, um, and my guess is it's because, um, you know, after COVID, so much money was like pushed into the, into the economy and these wealthy people got wealthier and then realized, I don't want to fly commercial. And they bought their own uh Mm -hmm. Jets. And so I think a lot more of maybe the private owners, I could be wrong. This is just my kind of guess that they, they want, you know, some of them want that private chef that, you know, really that experience because maybe they have a chef at home too, and they want that, you know, uh, in the air. Um, but I will also say mm -hmm. just, um, I don't know if you, I think, yeah, you know this, but I don't think everybody knows, you know, my experience is, has always been, corporate. And when I say corporate, I mean, you know, like a fortune 500 company with a flight department that has a, a you know, a few airplanes. Very and business oriented business, people. Yeah. And, and if, conservative and can you and describe, they, yeah, I'm sorry. Can what? you describe like the, sorry, can you describe like what you mean by like business? Cause I know what I think of. I don't know if everyone at home knows what business <clears throat> means food wise. <laughs> For the most part. Uh, well, you know, it depends on the company. But, you know, we are um, – these uh, companies, they, they are responsible to their share, shareholders. Um, they have to have a level of conservatism. Most of them, some don't. But maybe they won't have the airplanes, you know, five years from now. Um, but, you know, these people, I'm taking them from A to B. They're going to a meeting. Um, you know, mm -hmm. some of them also have the jet for, um, you know, they have, they're required to fly in the jet for security, safety, and everything. So for their vacations, right. they're also on the jet. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you're not trying to wow everybody. You're just making sure that everyone has gotten a square meal before their meeting or after their meeting in their long day. Um, and, and I did have one executive, probably one of the first uh, CEOs I flew, 
he was high-end food, French, you know. Mm. So that, and that was more challenging for me. And I thought, and I think a lot of people, it's a misnomer. You think that in this business, everyone wants that wow food. And a lot of people just don't. You know, my next CEO yeah. was tuna fish, Campbell's tomato soup. <laughs> he, he didn't want anything fancy, you know, and, and to adjust to that when you think, oh, I have to make something so amazing. So, you know, a lot of times they want comfort food because they're constantly on the, you know, they're eating at, at events and it's always like, you know, the same kind of food and they just want good home cooking type of food. Have you had that experience? Yeah. yeah I mean, you definitely do like have those flights where, you know, if you're in charter where they want something as simple as where you don't even have to cook, like they want in and out where yeah. they want you to pick up like Popeye's chicken. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, if that's what you want, cool. And then like, I just got off of working for a family for two years and it's like, so same clients over and over. And I was doing all the cooking on board, but a lot of their meals, they didn't like fancy things. They were a family where there were two kids that were picky eaters. There were the parents actually, like, they were old enough to know what they liked, they, you know? And yeah. so it was like, they would occasionally like it when I tried new stuff, but there was a lot of repetitive stuff. Kind of like if you were um, like the mom cooking for a family, it's like, okay, this week we're doing, you know, spaghetti with meatballs. The next week we're going to do chili with this. Like, and you have your usual rotation. Yeah. I, I think of that when I do like business flights too, because it's like, you kind of have this list of stuff that it's like, they're going to like this, this, and this for sure. Yes. And they don't want to stray because also you're thinking about it. Like they're going to meetings and stuff. They want to know that they're going to like something, be full from it. And also that they're not going to get like an upset tummy from it. Like, (laughs) because they have meetings all day. That's how I think of it. Cause for a while I was like, God, I'm kind of annoyed by these people. Like, Get, give me a challenge, like do something fun, change Careful it up. Careful what you wish for there, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm a glutton for punishment. But well, then I, I started to think about it and I was like, oh, I would probably be the same way. Like I'm not yeah. going to be adventurous right before a meeting, let alone when I'm flying for work. Like that's when I played the safest. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I totally mean, I, get that. I do have the night, like the probably, and it works for me. A lot of the stuff I do is kind of, pretty simple. Um, and then I have, you know, for board meetings, I get to really go, that's when I get to go all out and make the amazing menus and anything that's super wow that maybe you've seen is probably for them. Um, yeah. And then I have, Which there uh, is quite a bit of that. And then I have a few who really are more adventurous. It doesn't have to be crazy fancy, but adventurous. So I have like kind of a, a nice mix for me for now. Yeah. Yeah. Where you don't get the burnout and you don't get yeah, the like creative exactly lull but you just kind of get to go up and yeah, down and get the ebb and away, flow you know and uh keeps yeah. it interesting enough that uh every now and again i'm challenged but um every trip i mean i don't know about you virginia or anyone else who's uh listening i would get until probably 10 so 20 years of me flying i would get like really anxious before every flight mm. It's like, why? And I talk to myself, why am I anxious? What's going I know what I'm doing. I know these people. It took a long time. I, I, I don't know. know what that's like. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's most people. But it really is. If it's not, can you please DM us? Because I think you're a unicorn and yeah, I would like yeah, to I know what hear. you do in your life. Yeah. <laughs> is it your skincare routine? Is it what you eat? Is it something in your coffee? <laughs> is it a deal you made with the devil? <laughs> like, I, I just need to know. The sky god? I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. So. I Okay. Well, and I think that you do have fun with it, though. You, you play, which I think also is a good takeaway for anyone at home is just like, play with your food at home. Yeah. Like that is how you like learn to plate and really get some ideas. You learn what not to do and you don't waste your time on the jet. Yeah. Like there's a lot to working with your own food at home. Yeah. And you find out um, things that uh, you think were going to go one way and, and it's more complicated and you don't want to get too complicated because then you get such in the, you get in the weeds unless you have one person back there and it's a five hour trip. You can do whatever you want. But I've had yeah. a lot of my, test kitchen stuff I end up not using on the airplane because it's there's too many too many steps or there's you know too many little additions mm-hmm. you know and that gets yeah. time consuming and then maybe I lost that back in the deep you know 
uh, cave of my cooler and I can't find the whatever. So amen to that. And you're like, they're like, I need this. But then you're like, does it actually need it? No, I can send it without. Yeah. I would also say, Virginia, that um, the other thing that I suggest to anybody, which I'm, you know, this um, is eating out, you know, Mm -hmm. eat out, try, you know, it doesn't have to be like, you know, a Michelin starred restaurant, but like just a, you know, a decent restaurant that has their own unique menu because you're going to see different kinds of plating. You'll get ideas from that. Or I do this all the time. You get something, you're like, I love this. I have no idea what that flavor is. Ask the waiter, mm-hmm. or like, I'm not sure. Next thing you know, the chef's coming out, and you're like, you know, he's excited to tell you about it, or she, and, yeah. um, you know, you learn like, oh, that's the secret ingredient, and then you remember that. And maybe you add that love to that. one of your dishes that the caterer did that's good, but you just made it wow. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And what's funny is I think almost every person that's come on the podcast so far has mentioned that that's like the greatest thing you can do is like try different restaurants like you know every now and then take yourself out to a nice restaurant you wouldn't normally take yourself out to like or try different cuisine to see how those flavors come together and all of that like I know you know Lauren Wonderless White she goes to these crazy nice restaurants when she can just because she's serving a very high-end client that wants like a new dish every time and so she has to like get ideas not from like pinterest or anything like yeah, that like yeah she's eating well, at a restaurant we're, we're all here she's, you can't even see we're, it on the camera we're down here at like mcdonald's <laughs> and panera and yeah, let's at least go to panera. <laughs> we're worth some bagels and soup <laughs> oh my god uh, so you're obviously like a huge foodie yeah. but then you also started doing something during the pandemic that I think everyone loved. I remember you and I have talked about it a lot. Like I looked forward to it like every Friday and every time it popped up on my feed, I was like, Oh goody, like what's Karen posting today. And if you don't know, she did favorite thing Friday where she would post a favorite item tool, um, something for on the road. It could be like a shopping bag. It could be utensils, like all of these like really fun gadgets and gizmos. And you did it for what two years? Two years. <laughs> Friday, I missed one, and I did, and I missed it because it was a time in our country that things were pretty intense, and I gave it a rest because there was something yeah. more important than that, and it just seemed um, too light. But um, yeah, two years, yes. and I will tell you that everything I put on there was something that I used that I truly loved. I didn't try to put fillers in there just to have something for Friday. I really loved everything that I put on there, and I wish I had save them all like to the highlights because you know sometimes I would save part of a highlight but it wasn't the whole thing so because I would love I would actually if I could repost and start now because I have a ton of new followers since then and you know because people and I have to say thank you to anyone who's been following me because um people have dm'd me over the past year just saying I miss they still say I miss favorite thing Fridays you know yeah I uh, do too I'm in that club yeah well (laughs) so two things like I was just going to say, like, oh, go look at them at our highlight reel. Second thing is I just learned that you can redo stories and put them to a highlight reel, and I will teach you how after this. I think – I mean, I think I – Because I'm so here for that, so I can go back and look at them. Maybe I'll try. Maybe I'll try. I'll try. Hey, you know, I hear that you're uh, feeling a little bored and that you need something (laughs) new to do, so I'm just trying to help. You need to learn new things. (laughs) Thank you, Virginia. This is a new technology skill that I will throw at your way for my benefit. (laughs) (laughs) So by the time this podcast is out, (laughs) hopefully, I said by the time this podcast comes out, hopefully you will have your highlight reel of all all your favorite Big Fridays. Game on. Got a month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you think you would ever pick that back up or do something kind of like adjacent to that since maybe you can't because we were talking about this the other day where it was like you did two years of these things that's so many weeks that's a lot of favorite things yeah. but jet is only so big so you right. can't come up with new no. things all the time so <laughs> and I mean that in the most loving way but I mean we can put a lot of stuff on there but it's like you you gotta be like running out of space soon so like do you think you would ever do it in like a new capacity like you know, favorite food tip Friday or like, you know, something like in that aspect. 
Um, I would love to do something like that because I did like, and I, and the reason why I made it a favorite thing Friday was I had been following uh, this yacht chef. And I think on Tuesday she would do this silly thing where she, and she's alone working in the, in the galley on these smaller yachts. And she was so silly and she'd sing and say what she was doing. And I, I realized I was looking forward to it, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I thought I need to do something where it's every week that some people can look forward to. So that's why it ended up being, you know, a Friday thing. I don't think I would do that again because like I said, I'm kind of out of ideas. If sometimes I'll find something new, I definitely share it a hundred percent. But yeah, um, you do. I think I would love to do something similar, but in a different uh, topic. And any, it's funny because when I started this uh, Instagram, it wasn't going to be, I mean, it was food because I loved the idea of sharing food ideas. And, and back in the day, you, you mm-hmm. didn't have the same ability. So I think that's a really cool thing about Instagram and having that platform to share stuff. But I, it mm-hmm. was also really important to me to share things about um, the more serious side of our job, of um, safety um, and um, professionalism. And Love that. You know, so I, I kind of want to get back to that and maybe going through a series of of those something along those lines, which maybe isn't as fun, but I think it's important. I really, I really want us as a community to stay like leveled up, not just in food and not having just food as our focus. Cause I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in, okay, we're going to do this. Maybe you forgot to pre, you know, pre-flight your emergency equipment or, you know, you just mm-hmm. forget to do your review of like, what if, and you know, there, mm-hmm. especially with like the turbulence, um, you know, I don't know if anyone else is noticing more turbulence in flight. Um, oh, gosh. Don't talk to me about turbulence. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I just think it's really important to to yeah. have that in the forefront of our minds, what the actual job is, um, regard, you know, regardless. And, yes, you know, you still want to do all the great <laughs> stuff in the meanwhile, but never forgetting those things and never becoming complacent, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. You know, there was this, I don't know if anyone has, um, if you've seen this or heard about, you heard about this Challenger 300? No? Mm, I don't a, think so. There was a woman, um, there was a few passengers. I don't know all the details, but she passed away in flight. And um, and this is very- And she was a passenger? She was a passenger. And initially on the news, they said it was turbulence, or we all kind of assumed it was turbulence. It wasn't turbulence. Oh, I did hear about this. And, um, there was, it was, you know, it's just like that. It's such a good review of anyone, you know, if you can find it, I can send it to you, the, uh, NTSB preliminary report. Please do. Because you know, when you're in flight safety or facts or air care, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I just did mine last week. Yeah. And you talk about accidents and how it's usually a chain of things. It's usually not just one thing. CRM. And this is the classic example. If you read this, you know, of just a couple of things started going wrong, but nothing huge but they kind of built up to something that became, you know, fatal. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think there was a flight attendant on board. And I wonder if there was, um, Oofed. you know, maybe it would have been a better outcome for this woman. Um, so I hope. say that, you know, not to bring the mood down here, but really it's, it's, it's such a, it's an important part of our job. And, you know, I don't, I don't want us to lose sight of that. And that is why I may do a series kind of a lot more along the lines of safety and professionalism and, you know, in the job front, I want us all to have value beyond um, what we do in the galley. Uh, I love that so much. And if you, if anyone listening gets anything from this, listen to that because I mean, I'm, I was an airline girl. I came from airlines. So safety is like huge to me. And to play off of what Karin was saying, Last week, I was at FACS training, which is your yearly recurrent, like, to keep up on safety and to get recertified every year. Um, and, you know, when they asked, as we're talking about plane crashes and all the things that go wrong, and that there are so many of them out there, guys. Um, if you ever want to do a deep dive on them, it's it's a little intense. But they asked, the instructor asked, like, how many of you do your 30-second review on takeoff and landing? Or... Are you playing on your phone and thinking about what catering you need to do and thinking about this? The amount of people that didn't raise their hand for who does their 30-second review, which I have to be honest, and I, I, t- I typically am very honest, I, I do mine still because 
I have had a bout with turbulence that like has kept me safety to safety or oriented that like scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And I no longer take any risks with that. But then also like, I've always been safety oriented of like, check your like emergency equipment, like, you know, <laughs> do your 30 second review. If you even smell like any kind of smoke, or if you feel heat on an outlet, or if you feel like you're starting to get dizzy, talk to your pilots, communicate, like over communicate is not like the worst problem there is under communicating can like car and saying be detrimental and possibly fatal or lead to injuries or just like a bad situation. And so I love that. And I am so here for you doing that on Instagram because I think so many people don't even know that our job is about safety anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, when I, I that's um, fascinating. when I went through my training, I'll try to be brief, but um, I think it's important, like, because when I was in the first class of, I think it was flight safety, but um, first class and my, uh, the teacher, uh, her name was Carol. I don't know her last name. She was a United flight attendant and she Oof. had been in, uh, I don't know which accident it was, but in an accident where there were fatalities Oof. on United. Flight. Oh my God. And I mean, I still get, um, I still feel that feeling that I felt from her when she was talking about it and mm -hmm. she saw, um, you know, like a, a mom holding her baby on her lap and that mm -hmm. baby became, you know, that baby didn't survive, um, because you can't hold oh on God. with that kind of impact. And when she went through her drills with us, she's screaming at us and you yeah. felt it. It was freaking real. And, and you understood how things can go like to shit in a hurry, excuse my language, but you know, mm -hmm. so you, that's so stuck with me that that's mm -hmm. always, even though, you know, what you see is mostly like food and it's so important. And, and, and I'm very grateful to her because, mm -hmm. um, she really instilled that, um, notion of how serious it can, it can get. And, you know, so yeah, sorry, but that's. Yeah. No, I, I actually love where this is going because I, again, I just came from fax training. It yeah. was my, it was my sixth train, sixth or seventh, like training fourth or fifth of fax. And then the other two were airline trainings mm -hmm. where you're talking about like in the airlines, we were screaming. It was like, if you didn't do something right, you had to start over and you were screaming at the top of your lungs to get these people to F out of the plane mm -hmm. because that's how it would be in real life. You're not going to be like, please come this way. Like yeah. exit here, like leg, body, leg, like, yeah. uh-uh. <laughs> it, and when you do the airline ones, you get that same yeah. adrenaline feel. And I don't get that in private training. Although I did, will say my first private training, I had this amazing instructor um, out of Florida. Her name's Nancy, and she's incredible with facts. And um, I think 90% of people out there probably know Nancy. Uh, she's been in the game for a long time, and she's just so fun. She made everyone in our class get out of every evacuation window, as in each type of plane. We had to go. She was timing us. And I was so grateful for that because it was like, we had 10 people in our class and it was like, okay, this is a real live, like private evacuation, get yourself out and your passengers. And she would even like keep a passenger behind and tell them to like lay dead or lay passed out. And you would have to go get them. And like, they, she wouldn't make you drag them out the window, but she would like make you aware that like in a real emergency, you need to do your check. Like, yeah. anyway we could talk about this for a very long time and it's so important and I'm probably just going to need to have you back to even more showcase it. But I love that you went this way because safety so important <laughs> bottom line. Yeah. yeah. And talking about how it's kind of shifted, we were talking about earlier as well. Like you mentioned Pan Am and you mentioned that you've been in the game for a while, but you didn't come from airlines. You went straight into private. Yeah. Do you know some of those statistics of what it used to take yeah. to become a flight attendant, my, especially um, for Pan Am? Yeah. My mother-in-law, um, she worked for American. Um, and you had all those same kind of parameters. That was the standard. You know, you had to have a waist yeah. this big. You yep. know, you, had, you couldn't be more than, I don't know what it was. Was it 30? Could you be that old or 26? I don't it know. was 35 okay. years of age or until you were married. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she, once you were married... Yep. She ended up, she could be married, but once she got pregnant, they 
that was it. You couldn't fly anymore. Retired her. Yeah, retired <laughs> her. And she ended up being one of the, uh, the not spokesperson, but the, not mascot, but you know what I mean, for the class action lawsuit mm-hmm. um, to let oh, wow. Asians, um continue on after. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, there, I think most of us who fly right now would not under those parameters we wouldn't fit the we wouldn't cut it. Well, and I think you're taller than me, but one of them is 5'9 and I'm 5'9 and it's like you were supposed to be between 5'2 and 5'8. And so neither of us would have made it there. I definitely would not have made the weight class, which is 130 or less. Me neither. With monthly monthly or uh or quarterly weigh-ins. I can't remember which. Oof. You had to speak a foreign language. You couldn't have glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, so and then progress. on top of that, then <laughs> there's progress. I, I remember going into the airline training and airline interview in general being like, there's no way I'm going to get picked to become a flight attendant um, because I have all, I had done some research and I was like, there's no way. And I feel like every flight attendant that I had seen up to that point was very prim and proper. And I was like, that is not me. <laughs> Who did you fly for, Virginia? I flew for Horizon with Alaska's regional, and then I fo- flew for uh, Norwegian. <laughs> we have, I mean, that's just where my heart is. Yeah. Um, also, it was a great company, too. Loved yeah. them. Yeah. I'm sad they're no longer. Mm-hmm. Little um, red nose. about that yeah so the good news is like in private aviation you know oh i would know what i wanted to say you were talking about how you thought oh you know i'm not gonna get hired i don't fit the bill that's how i felt when i started mm-hmm. in this business and i felt like such a poser like what am i doing yeah. I, don't, I mean i remember like the sas when i would be a kid and their hair was so beautifully coiffed and the lipstick and the i never yeah. wore makeup i don't know how to do anything other than make a ponytail mm-hmm. You know, and I thought, I, I'm not, I'm not yeah. as good as everyone else. I mean, I really felt that yeah. for quite some time. Um, and it's ridiculous. I mean, I still get it sometimes. Like, I'll, you know, I still get it sometimes. It's especially when you do like a crew swap and you've just come off of like a 12-hour flight and someone new is coming on board, Freshy. especially like pampered <laughs> and rested. <laughs> and I am haggard <laughs> and ragged. I and I am like, some before and afters. No. here's your plane. Like... <laughs> I'm going to go whimper in my hole. I love your lipstick bite. (laughs) Sorry that mine's smeared on my face. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because one of the, um, one of the first companies I worked for where my mentor was, um, there was another woman who worked part-time and her name was Jane and she was beautiful. And I remember we would do swaps because there was, I, we went to Asia a lot. And so I don't remember. and And she would have flown through the night and the door would come down and she'd be standing at the door. She's been working for like nine hours through the night, maybe longer. And she looks perfect. Perfect. I hate like, it. How is that possible? I hate it. I look like, I, um, you know, I look like I've already been sleeping in, under the covers and haven't brushed my hair. It's bad. Yeah. So, And that's after re- I retouch before <laughs> fight, like before takedown. And I still don't look yeah, good. I'm like, what? You know. I you um, know what? Yeah. We do the job. Talk about it. You know, we do. It isn't about your looks. I mean, they're not going to remember what we look like. (laughs) The pilots might, but they won't. The pilots might tease you for a few years after that, but it's fine. fine. I um, talk about making yourself feel bad. I have done a crew swap with Jamie Gibson. Oh, and or I don't know if it was a crew swap or if it was. I I think it was Jane. Perfect. Yeah, I think I actually just met her at the plane to help clean the plane when she landed from like a a 10 or 11 hour flight. And um, we worked for the same company at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being like the doors open and it was like, because she was gorgeous and perfectly like she looked the same as when she took off. And I was just like, how? What kind of magic that is, but she's got superpowers. Dude, yeah, it's unreal. It's but so also, amazing. kudos to you if you're like that because I just don't have the gift in me I don't to do that. Nope. Like, I don't know what gene it is that y'all have, but yeah. it's a good one. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> I would buy it if I could, but <laughs> I've tried all the products and they don't do it. <laughs> I've watched the videos on how to do my hair, but still. Gosh, when people post those, I am like, 
okay, now I'm going to try to do it. I mostly like the videos that are making fun of those ones because I am one of the person, not making fun of, but where they try to go do okay. them. And then it turns out like nothing like the video of this person that has obviously had practice at doing it. Yeah. That right. is me. Yeah. I, I've been trying to, it's something as simple as like, I've been trying to get into doing eyeliner just because I'm like, that'll be fun every now and then it's like, yeah. And then, uh, I end up looking like a raccoon. Yes. Same. Just doesn't work same. for me. Same. <laughs> I also think it's interesting that, so back to Pan Am and just like the qualifications, mm. how do you feel about this statistic? in the airlines at least and I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on private there are 1,000 openings every year about and then they get over 100,000 applications every year that is harder than getting into Harvard wow. so I hear uh so my statistic says that I did exactly one google search on <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it came up three times, so it must be true. Um, how do you, and that's just in the airlines. How do you feel like the, the rate is for getting into private? I mean, I, again, I'm terrible at math, so I'm not going to try to make a, a, a don't do that conversion. No, no, no converting. Um, I we like estimates know, here. You know, when, when we have, um, put out, uh, you know, a job posting, we definitely get hundreds, um, yeah, that sounds right. For sure. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, it's one of the things I want to do another video on is, you know, some people are out of the running before they even stand a chance, you know, mm -hmm. um, because of errors in their resume or something, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe those people still can get in um, if they fix that or they meet someone who's like, wow, they've got the secret sauce, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of times that is how it happens. How did you get into private? I am, I honestly, I count my lucky stars every time. I, I always tell people I'm either cursed or really lucky. <laughs> it's one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's sometimes negative Nancy that gets in my head and then there's positive Polly on the other side. It just depends on the day. Um, I came from the airlines. I have a background in catering and the airlines, although I do love them and I think I could go back now and work for the airlines and actually really enjoy it. Mm. At the time, I was bored. Like, it just wasn't challenging enough for me. Not to say that it's not challenging, but I guess maybe a better word would be creative enough for me mm -hmm. because I liked that catering background of mine where I got to make these dishes and create recipes and do something a little different every day. Whereas airlines, you're doing the same things over and over, but just in different scenarios on different planes to different destinations, which is still very exciting. Um just wasn't my niche, you know, and I felt it. However, I kind of liked flying. Like I just kind of like you were saying, was kind of nudged into it. I quit my job of four years in catering and management and just took kind of like a hiatus off. And I went down to San Diego for what was supposed to be three days with my sister and it turned into two weeks. Um, I just kept mess missing my flight on purpose. Um, <laughs> And I was down there and she was like, dude, here's a job posting for a flight attendant. How fun would that be? Like, while you figure your shit out, like just go and like fly the skies, travel a bit. And I was like, yeah, I guess like, sure. I was applying to everything. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Applied, went to the live interview in Port Portland where they, you know, you show up and there's like a hundred people there. Got down to the last five or 10 or something like that. Got offered the job on the spot and then started training. Well, then two years later, after doing two trainings, I had applied to a private job with um, a company out of LA and I had moved down from Seattle to San Diego. And this private company was like, oh, we want to offer you a part-time job. And I was like, well, I cannot accept a part-time. I need full-time. And so three months go by and I get a call back from someone that's actually still my friend today. I had dinner with her like three days ago in LA. And she was like, I found a full-time position for you. Can you, oh. I know. And they were like, we know you just started with a new airline, but like, we want you. And here's, here's the salary. And let me tell you your first time seeing the difference between a commercial yeah. salary and a private salary, even for charter and crappy schedules, yeah. your heart flutters. It yeah. dances a little bit. 
And so I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I can make that work. <laughs> she, and you know, it's funny. I remember her being like, it's a little low, but, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. So again, I don't know how it happened. I'm very thankful that it happened because I would not be here without it. So I don't know where I would be, but I'm very thankful for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I thought I'm interviewing you. <laughs> So I do just want to have a quick shout out um, about um, Instagram um, Mm -hmm. and probably my favorite thing about it. I just want to say, because I'm guessing we're coming close to the the end here. I just want to say that, you know, anyone who's on Instagram, if there's someone that, you know, you were like, wow, there's something about them I really like, reach out to them. Um, Mm -hmm. Get connected to them because I have made some of my favorite friendships through um, Instagram um, that's how I met Virginia. Um, and we've been lucky enough to, um, see each other a few times and, um, it's just really mm-hmm. cool. And Kara, uh, flight attendant life. Um, yeah, she, the FA life or what is it? I don't know. Life. FA life. Is that what it is? I can't her blog it. is, her blog is flight attendant life. Her, I think handle for Instagram is the FA life. The FA life. I think. And yeah. And you know, I, it's just amazing to be able to meet people and really connect with people. Um, through this platform so yay for that yeah yeah Very definitely cool. a good closing note yeah is that um you know we've talked a lot about social media and I would it's definitely not my niche social media I'm trying to get better at it quote unquote as in I'm trying to reach out more to people and trying to build those relationships because like Karin is saying like it has created some of like our favorite relationships, especially in the fight world. Like it's just, it it is cool that social media has become this thing that can be used for good. (laughs) And I think especially for the aviation world really has opened up our horizons quite a bit. Like now we get jobs from it because like people post, I've posted before, like, Hey, I need a flight attendant. I'm not able to do a trip. Who's available. I've gotten trips from reaching out to someone that did the same thing. There are so many ways you get tips and tricks all the time. Like it's just, it's really cool. Um, and definitely go follow Karen for whatever her next move is. I'm sure she'll come (laughs) out with something fun. She always does. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and talking about all of the things. And we're definitely going to have to have you back to talk about safety and I would love whatever you end up doing next. Yeah. Thank you, Virginia. I mean, I am honored to be one of your early guests <laughs> on your podcast, and I'm very excited to see what's next. Well, you'll definitely be a returning guest for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you, and we'll talk soon. All right. Bye, Karen. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.